Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. My name is Nate Nathaniel Paul Thurston, and across from me is Charles Lawrence, too tall, stuck something Thompson. I always forget your your nicknames, but uh, I feel like that what that's the new one. That's the easiest one to say right there. Whatever the heck it was, it doesn't even matter anymore. No, it doesn't matter. How are you doing today, man? Name's Chuck. Name's Chuck. Or you just... can call me Kunu. That's fine. That's we my Hawaiian that name. Um, we were gone yesterday. That's and, right. And so, unfortunately, I had to go to a to a, to a funeral funeral up in Illinois. Those are always really sad. And did it, you uh, put the fun in the funeral? Uh, I probably did. Yeah. To tell you the truth, I had Bree laughing quite a bit yesterday. It's good. So I, I I think maybe I did bring some fun to the funeral. But today it is Tuesday. It feels like Monday to me because I had a long weekend. But we we missed a little bit yesterday. There was an article circulating the bunch that we've got to talk about. And I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who has moved over to our locals. GoodMorningLiberty.locals.com. Everyone who is a Patreon supporter has until the end of the month to do that. And then we're going to be getting rid of the Patreon. So locals is way cooler than Patreon. We all know that. For as little as five bucks a month, you can go on there. And you can sign up, join the community, and watch the show live like the fine people are doing right now. We've got fine people on Patreon and locals, fine people on both sides. Yeah. <laughs> All and right. we're shutting down the, the Patreon side. <laughs> okay, so anything else before we dive right in? No, I, okay. I think that was good. All right, I cool. Mean, I was going to do a solo episode yesterday, but you also I, took... Part of the equipment I, I did. Needed. I took the I took the computer that has the editing software on it, so Charlie, so I could sabotage Charlie's solo solo episode. Exactly. I didn't want our numbers to just drop through the floor. It's, yeah, exactly. You know, that's that's what it was. We did still put up an episode. We did a fill in a guest spot for a Tennessee radio show, and we recorded that, sent that into them, and then we also put it on the locals with no advertisements, and then we put it up on the podcast channel with, with about 80 minutes of advertisements inside of that, so you can also get a little bit of a value there by skipping over the ads. Not that we don't like the ads, by the way. You know, there's there's not anything wrong with that no, at all. That's what keeps the show going. It's a free show. Yeah, it is. It, as long as the time spent listening to the ads is not valuable to you. Anyway, let's talk about this article from NPR. I saw it circulating on the Twitter machine last night, and I stared at it for a little bit. I was like, they're pulling something on me right now. I can tell. Not that this doesn't happen. This does happen. It, it has happened, of, of course. It, it happens, I'm sure, more than we would like it to. But the story is, here's the headline, Charlie. When I tell you the headline right now, I want you to tell me what you assume happened. Charles, are you... Are you here? Okay. Yeah. 
I'm going to tell you what assumed happens. A man died after being turned away from 43 ICUs at capacity due to COVID. The family says, what do you assume happened? Oh, the guy died. And why did he die? And he tried to get into an ICU and was turned away from them. Yeah. Because they were at capacity due to COVID. Yeah. He said no more. So your, so your assumption of the story is this guy really needed some, some good medical attention. He, he needed to be in a unit that specialized in intensive care. Yes. And he couldn't get into one because of all of the terrible unvaccinated people. Of course, they don't care about other people's lives. And so he died. And that's what, and that's what happened according to this headline, which is what probably 98% of the people read. That's, no one else read the article. No, no. And I read the article several times because they did a great job. There's only about two lines in here that tell you what actually happened. One of them is, of course, literally the last line of the article, which almost no one got to. And then there's one other little thing in here that tells you what the family was actually upset about. Okay, now the 43 ICUs thing, I don't know if that's true or not. So I'm not really... I can't dispute the 43 ICUs thing. That does sound like it's a bit much, especially considering this took place 50 miles north of Birmingham, which means they weren't that far from Nashville, which has a ton of hospitals. Okay, so it's also like you don't just get to go to an ICU, by the way. You have to be admitted to an ICU. Like a doctor has to admit you. A doctor with admitting privileges uh, (laughs) at a a facility has to admit you to an ICU. (laughs) It's not like you're... It's not like you're going through McDonald's or whatever. Like, yeah, I'd like to order the ICU, please. So, um, yeah, I'd like to be admitted into your ICU, please, Tom. Uh, <laughs> he said he was just imagining uh, the guy singing "I've Been Everywhere, Man" as he drives around the country <laughs> looking for ICUs, looking for him. He can't find them. So, I'm not really disputing the 43 ICUs uh, because part we don't because know. I don't know. I don't know that part. I don't know how many ICUs they called or checked on the computer to see were open. What is important to start this off with is for everyone to know that cardiac ICU is a separate unit from the COVID ICU, that they are designated beds for cardiac ICU. There are designated beds for COVID ICU, and there's designated ICU beds for all other different types of things. Most sometimes. Yeah. I it mean, depends on the size of the hospital. Some hospitals yes. might not, but I was looking at some numbers last night on a, on a few different hospitals and a lot, uh, most decent hospitals, they're going to separate this out a bit, especially the COVID part. People do have separate COVID units because right. if you get close to it, you'll die. And so they, they have to keep everything very separated. Ray Demonia, Demonia, 73, was born and raised in, in Coleman, Alabama. Do you have Demonia? <laughs> <laughs> this is, it's not, That's so terrible. it's not funny when someone uh, dies, but as we mentioned earlier, we put the fun in funeral. Exactly. All right. If you can't joke about death, what can you joke about? Yeah. There's nothing funny about death. Yeah. That's where we come in. <laughs> okay so ray, ray like Demonia, when you die i'm gonna say all kinds of fun oh things yeah it has, you have to make jokes the whole yeah, time i don't exactly. know if Lacey will be ready for that actually she'll probably be in prison <laughs> <laughs> so ray demonia 73 was born and raised in coleman alabama but he died on september 1st some 200 miles away in an intensive care unit in meridian mississippi by the way, for two things, we're against death. I forgot to say that. We always have to throw that out there. Just because we laugh yeah. and joke around about things, we're still against it. Very much don't like it when people die. Yeah. Now the first- Also, hang on, sorry. Also, you just said that he was in 
an intensive care unit. Yeah, he did. He that because you know that the article is first off titled to say he died after being turned away from forty three ICUs. So your assumption is he died because he couldn't get an ICU because of all the terrible unvaccinated people. Uh, because all the hospitals and then the first line says he died in an ICU 200 miles away in Meridian, Mississippi. Uh, last month, who spent 40 years in the antiques and auctions business suffered a cardiac emergency. But it was because hospitals are full due to the coronavirus and not his heart that he was forced to spend his last days so far from home. Now, what you would expect for them to say afterwards is it was because of the hospitals being full due to COVID and not his heart that he ended up dying, right? Because he couldn't get an ICU. Mm -hmm. No, the complaint here from the family is that he died 200 miles away from home. Not that he couldn't get an ICU and therefore received no medical attention. And also, this is how the journalists get away with it, by the way, according to his family. Like, yes. I'm absolving myself. According to his family, I'm just passing along the word mm -hmm. and making a giant headline for everybody to share around. I didn't verify this whatsoever, but we're still going to print it. Yeah, we just talked about this last week, that when an article ends with someone says, and in this case, the article title is, uh, he died at 43 ICUs at capacity due to COVID, comma, family says. So that's not verified. That is, this is just the story that the family has said. So, quote, due to the COVID-19, due to COVID-19, CRMC emergency staff contacted 43 hospitals in three states in search of a cardiac ICU bed and finally located one in Meridian, Mississippi. The last paragraph of Demonia's obituary reads, referring to the Coleman Regional Medical Center. Now, that's probably because the Coleman Regional Medical Center didn't have any cardiac ICU beds. Isn't they're, they're probably not a cardiac hospital what a crazy conspiracy theory that is charlie it's not like the last line of this article is that he was transferred because they didn't have that kind of unit that <laughs> is actually the last line or provide that kind article. of service yeah they don't actually this do happens that all the time in honor especially of, in rural hospitals we, we come from an area where it is common to get life flighted to st louis missouri a couple hours away from nashville because none of the hospitals in the area have what you would need if you were in critical yeah. condition you just get picked up by helicopter and taken to St. Louis. That my, is very common. My brother is, an, is a nurse right now at a hospital that has six beds, by the way. Six whole beds. In the, six beds. In the whole entire hospital. It's literally a Band-Aid stop for them to mostly transfer you out to either. Uh, there's a hospital in Carbondale that has some decent things. And there's hospitals in Paducah, Kentucky that have some decent things. And if it's real bad, you either go to St. Louis or Nashville. Like my, my grandpa who passed away some 200 miles away from his family in Kentucky. Mm. I live here in Nashville, but he was life flighted from his hospital in Kentucky down here to Nashville. You want to know why? Because Kentucky's beds were full due to f unvaccinated flu patients at no, that time. Okay. No, it's because he had an aneurysm in his massive aorta that, that needed to be performed surgery on that they didn't do at that hospital. Mm. Guess where they do it? Here in Nashville. Yeah. By the way, at an HCA facility, which happens to be one of the number one um, uh, vascular uh, uh, surgery places in, in the country. Well, um, the, to continue with the obituary just a little bit and on it, here's the last quote in honor of Ray, please get vaccinated if you have not in an effort to free up resources for non COVID related emergencies. The obituary reads he would not want any other family to go through what he did.
All right. So this is this this kind of thing has to be done, by the way, because when you have things like these vaccine mandates coming down the uh, coming down the road at you, just looking at you right in the face, playing chicken with you while you're going down the road, uh, you've got to make the case that the unvaccinated people are killing the vaccinated people. You have to continue making that case, because if you can't make that case, then people are dying through choice. And if you can make that case, then people are dying against their will. And so you have to be able to get all the heartstrings moving. Now, of course, unvaccinated people are going to have a higher likelihood of getting infected with COVID and infecting other people than vaccinated people would. So there is a higher likelihood chance that you would have gotten infected by a unvaccinated person. But that doesn't mean that that for sure happened. But we do have to move forward with with these mandates because it's to save the lives of the vaccinated. You got to get your heartstrings ready for this. The challenge for Demonia's family members to find proper care for their loved one comes amid the latest surge in COVID-19 cases that have strained many ICUs to the breaking point once again as the highly transmissible Delta variant. That's its official title, by the way. That's how I see it. Everywhere. The highly transmissible Delta variant of the coronavirus spreads. Although some people infected after vaccination do require hospitalization, the study released last week by the CDC indicates that unvaccinated people were far more likely to become infected, to be hospitalized, and to die from COVID-19. From all the numbers I've seen, that is likely to be very true. I think we've definitely seen this in the hospitals. You got like 95% of the people are unvaccinated and 99.7% of the people that are dying are unvaccinated. So those numbers seem to be pretty, pretty solid thus far. Uh, Quote, looking at cases over the past two months when the Delta variant was the predominant variant circulating in this country, those who were unvaccinated were four and a half times more likely to get COVID, over 10 times more likely to be hospitalized, and 11 times more likely to die from the disease. ICU capacity in Alabama. Now, let's get back to the ICU thing real quick and the hospital thing, because we have to we have to make this case that the unvaccinated are killing people, not allowing them to get medical care. So this has to be a crisis that's uh, that's occurring right now. ICU capacity in Alabama has been maxed out in recent weeks and COVID-19 patients occupy about half of the intensive care beds, according to Johns Hopkins University. Demonia's daughter, Raven Demonia, told the Washington Post that it was shocking when the hospital... This is shocking, by the way, Charlie. Here's what's shocking. Mm -hmm. It was shocking when the hospital told the family there were no ICU beds near Coleman, a town of about 16,000 people. (laughs) Okay, that's yeah. a small town, pretty, yeah. pretty much. I mean, the, pretty small. Yeah, any. I mean, we we're from an area where the that's that would be actually a, about one of the one of the bigger towns in the, in the area where yeah. we're originally from. Where we're from is it fourteen hundred people in in Vienna? Twelve hundred, fourteen hundred, something something like that. There. So I'm like, man, that's somewhere I could go to get my groceries right there. Yeah. That's sixteen thousand person town. But yeah, they a, have a Walmart. Yeah, so they don't have the. Well, I'll read you the rest of it real quick. Uh, She was like, what do you mean? After learning that her father would be airlifted to Mississippi, she told the Post, I never thought this would happen to us. NPR attempted, without success, to reach the family. For further comments, the Coleman Regional... This is the very last line of the article, This is literally... I didn't cut anything out after this. This is the last line of the article. The Coleman Regional Medical Center spokesperson confirmed to NPR that he was transferred from the hospital, but said the reason was that he required a higher level of specialized care not available there. So it, it's it's convenient that they had nothing else to say after that, and that was the actual end of the article, but the hospital did say he was transferred because they don't do that kind of thing. This happens all the time. 
Literally all the time. Pre-COVID, post-COVID, it happens all the time. But this time, it's only because COVID patients were taking up the beds that he would have been able to use. No. 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 And the other thing is... He also needed... It wasn't just the bed. He needed specialized care not available yeah. there. Most likely, especially if it was due to his heart, that they needed... He's needed an, a heart surgeon, maybe, or somebody that could do a cath or a splint or some, some type of cardiac procedure and specialized care that they didn't have there or anywhere in the surrounding area. Yeah. More than likely. And 200 miles is not that far to be airlifted for a special procedure like that. Well, if you guys have ever seen a helicopter, but they could go 200 miles pretty quickly. Yeah. I've, I've seen it. That's not as fast as a plane, but they could go 200 miles pretty quickly. I've and gone with, I've gone with people to uh, the Mayo Clinic because that's the only place that they perform a certain thing mm -hmm. in Rochester, Minnesota. Not mm. because everything else was full. That's a good point. But because of it's, it's a hell that hellhole. I've been there in February too. It's god awful. Yeah. I tell you what, I drove. I landed in Minneapolis and drove. What usually takes about an hour and a half to get to. It's either Rochester or Rochester. I can't still can't figure out. I'm gonna call it Roach Roach Rochester. Rochester. Anyway, it took an hour and a half drive. Took about a good five hours because it was just it's pouring snow. Mm. Like like dogs and tigers. Now, uh, back on the title, because like I said, this is so, it's so cleverly manipulative. I'm actually quite impressed. Uh, uh, here's what they said once again. A man died because there was, this was the first thing I picked up. A man died after being turned away from 43 ICUs at capacity. Now that still actually tells you nothing because all it says is that he died after this had happened to him. And you could say anything like this man died after his daughter parked her car in the parking lot of the hospital. <laughs> Literally, you could say anything that you wanted to yeah. because he died. Yeah, there's nothing saying that he died because this happened. He just happened to die. And that's sad. This guy died because he took his last breath yeah. because all the COVID patients were using the, the oxygen. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. A man died after a doctor walked into his room. <laughs> <laughs> got to stop those doctors from walking into the right, hospital right. room, man. And so that, for, that oh, so was you're the, saying causation doesn't equal co or correlation doesn't yeah, equal causation. Yeah. Just yeah. because this happened does not say that that's why he died. In fact, a lot of people die all the time. That's one of our least favorite things that happens on a consistent basis is people dying. So that was the first thing I picked up. I was like, wait, okay. He died. Like a lot of people die. Is this why he died? 43 ICUs. That seems like quite a bit. Are they counting the actual hospitals? Are they counting every single unit that they called uh, from different hospitals? Uh, I kind of, uh, I kind of know that there's some available in Nashville. I wonder if they called Tennessee when they're like an an hour and a half drive away from Tennessee. Uh, there's a lot of fishy stuff about this, but the point is you got to look out for this manipulation. I was talking to someone the other day that was uh, claiming to be a fairly libertarian person. Uh, I can say that I don't think they were because I'm a real libertarian, so I can I can put that judgment on them. But they were saying that we were going to have to mandate the vaccines because people were dying because they couldn't get care at hospitals. And I was like, how much does that actually have? I said, how, how many people have died because they couldn't get care at hospitals? I just asked them that because I was like, that's bad. How many people have died? And he was like, I don't know. I saw a couple news stories about it. And I was like, oh, okay. You know what else I found? In an internal report from the NHS, uh, that's over there in the uh, in the tyrannical UK, they say about fifty five hundred people died. Uh, I believe it was per year. I'm going to put the I'm going to put the actual article in here. 
uh, because they couldn't get the care that they needed. They couldn't get the hospital space that they needed. They have really big shortages over there. And I apologize if that was over a larger span of time than a year, but I will find the article and put it in here. This is something that is common in areas where they have socialized medicine, actually, because you can't actually get access to the things that you need because it's socialized. We hear stories all the time of people waiting months and months and months for actual care and they die while they're waiting for things. They can't get MRIs within a span of three or four months in the time that they need them. They can't get the surgeries that they need. And so I, what I really, there's two things here. One, look out for the manipulation. And two, don't push us into any more of a socialized medical system than we have right now. You can look to the countries that have that. And this is common in a non-COVID year in those, in those places. And so if it's, if it is as egregious as people are pretending it is for one or two or five or 10 people to die because they couldn't get the care because the hospitals were full, then stop trying to say that we need to model the UK's healthcare system. Don't, don't talk about it. Don't do it. Amen. All right. Anyway, that's that's all I got on that. Can I, I can say amen if I want to. Yeah, you can say it, man. That's fine, man. All right, next one up, switching gears a little bit, but still having to do with the pandemic year. This is from the Washington Post, the WAPO, by the way. Thanks, Jeff. Bezos. Thanks, Jeff. Poverty fell overall in 2020 due to massive stimulus checks and unemployment aid, U.S. Census says. We fixed poverty. Poverty's gone. We don't need Jeff's money anymore. No. U.S. poverty fell overall in 2020, a surprising decline that is largely a result of the swift and large federal aid that Congress enacted at the start of the pandemic to try to prevent widespread financial hardship as the nation experienced the worst economic crisis since the Great Depression. The U.S. Census reported that the official poverty rate rose slightly in 2020 to (laughs) 11.4%. The official rate rose this up is a <laughs> from a record low 10.5% in 2019, but that figure leaves out much of the government aid. <laughs> After accounting for all the federal relief payments, the so-called supplemental poverty measure uh, declined to 9.1% in 2020, the lowest on record and a significant decline from 11.8% in 2019. So... So we fixed poverty, except for we didn't fix poverty, but we fixed the numbers at least. Yeah, we at least. That's good. Yeah. The decline in poverty rate means that millions of Americans were lifted out of severe financial hardship last year, the U.S. Census said. Poverty is defined as having... This is is American poverty, by the Mm -hmm. way. Yeah. Poverty is defined as having an income of less than $26,250 a year for a family of four. Now, I got to say, look, family of four on less than... $26,250 $26,250 a year. That's real tough. Okay. Why I, do we randomly pick these family of four things? Like what about a family of five? Is that the average? Is the average a family of four? Is it? I just think it's the most convenient number they can choose. Yeah. As, as far as the wage rates in the economy, I think that the family of four is the most, um, is the most beneficial to making the points that they can find. All I hear when I hear family of four is they're, they're going to save $2,500 on their health insurance. <laughs> That's yeah. all I hear. Yeah. Tip, the typical family is going to say $2,500. The average, average family, family of four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they, they actually rose by $2,500. We don't talk about that. I know. Uh, anyway, uh, now I get that that's tough, but look, um, it, compared to the rest of the world, mm-hmm. like you're, if you make $26,250 US dollars per year, you're in the top 2%. Of the entire world, maybe even by one. the way, what's the what's top one percent? 
I think it's 33,000 okay. or 34,000. Yeah. So you're in the top 2% for sure. So you're saying that we shouldn't strive for anything better? No, I'm not saying that. As long as we're better than the rest of the world, no, it I, doesn't matter? I hope everybody makes 26,000 million billion dollars a year. You know, that's what I... That's I, my goal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, yeah, that's what I told my teacher that when back in school. I'm <laughs> 26,200 million billion. And she's yeah. like, Nate, that's not a number. <laughs> and I said, you got a lumpy butt. <laughs> and I said, you're like, yeah, it is. Do the math. <laughs> you do the math. 26,000 million billion. What does that make? And so what, what needs to be paid attention to here is, did they actually decrease poverty or did they just give people money? And so can you actually celebrate, oh, poverty went down? Well, the money had to come from somewhere, right? The money either, the money either came from the economy or it's coming from the economy. Oh, we it's just, one of those two things. We just printed it. It's fine. Yeah. You just print the money. Just keep printing it. That's a problem for those people's kids. They don't need to worry about that right now. They're just going to put their kids in a worse financial situation. Yep. And what parent doesn't want to do that? You know? And when the rooster comes home from the sunrise, it ain't going to matter to no one. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's uh, just like my grandpappy used to say. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, you still got a little bit left here. You know, the UN defines abject poverty on less than a dollar a day. So that would be $365 a year. Mm. And this is uh, $26,250 a year. And I get, I'm not saying it's not hard to live on that because it absolutely is. Um, but have some perspective as well. I grew up with a single mother and uh, two other brothers on definitely like on less than $20,000 a year. And of course I was in the nineties and early two thousands, but still uh, I, I don't, I don't remember exactly how much my mom made, but it definitely wasn't even $20,000 a year. See my mom and I were rich compared to you guys. Cause we were a family of two and she was making like $22,000 a year. Exactly. Which I mean, I didn't realize how nice I had it. All I had to do was compare myself to you. And exactly. I felt a lot better. It wasn't hard at all. No. <laughs> yeah. We had plenty of money. You had an easy life. No, but the point is that this can't be, this is not actually decreasing poverty. Like you gave people some money, but what the poverty is what actually matters. The government actually, if they were going to solve some, you want to look like, why are people poor? Not, their problem isn't that they don't have the money. The problem is that they're not earning the money. And so that is the thing that you would actually want to solve, not just by giving the money, because what happens this year, oh, by the way, I cut this little part out, but in 2021, they've seen the number go back up to uh, what it was without those stimulus payments, because we haven't had all the stimulus payments. Uh, so th they've seen that go back up already in, 20, in 2021. This is not something that can be carried on long term because you cannot continue printing trillions of dollars, or at least I say you can't. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they can. Maybe we can just print all the money we need. I don't have any examples throughout history of that ever going poorly. And so we can just keep doing that and we'll solve poverty by cutting, people ch cutting people's checks. And the problem is when it's the government, they want to solve it by making things look better. But of course, the money has to come. The money does have to come from somewhere. You start to sound like your old grandpa saying, oh, son, the money's got to come from somewhere. And you're like, okay, grandpa, go back to bed. Yeah. It's cool. And uh, no, it actually does. It actually does come from somewhere. It's going to be paid back mm. sometime. Or Tom says you could really decrease poverty if you just lower the poverty line. Yeah. No, that's true. Make it less than a dollar a day. And then every, no one's in poverty anymore. Yeah, you could lower it down to 18. Well, didn't it used to be 18 for quite quite some time there? And then we inflated the currency a little bit more, threw out mm -hmm. some more money out there, and now it's 26, 250. They got to keep it around enough that justifies their existence. The government, not the yes. people in poverty. 
All right, but have no fear, folks, because President Biden is urging Congress to enact more programs to help the poor and working class as part of a $3.5 trillion package that would make significant investments, investments, folks, Mm. significant investments in many parts of the economy. Top White House aides point to the success of the pandemic aid. The success. It's been very successful. As an example of how additional resources can make a dramatic difference in lowering poverty and hardship. If the pottery and income data, it's unclear if the 2020 gains will endure. Now, look, this also brings up a discussion, which is convenient because I'm reading uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm. Uh, This also brings up the the discussion of the mindset, because just like money doesn't solve everyone's problems, right? Everyone's like, oh, I could if I just had more money then all this would be okay," And that's actually not true because it's really the mindset around money. And I'm not going to go into the, you guys can all read it. I'm sure many of you have. Um, so you can go into all the, the details of, of the mindset. But what I will say is you can look at the examples of poor people, relatively poor people, I guess you could say, compared to, to others or maybe middle class people who uh, have uh, who win the lottery. And they get millions upon millions of dollars. And after a couple of years, they're back uh, poor again or mm-hmm. back in the middle class or worse off than, than they were before they got the money. And it's because it's not, we don't have a money problem. $26,250 a year is not a money problem. That's You have a mismanaged problem. You have a productivity problem. Yes. And now some people get into it. Listen, it's, a, you, it's, just, it's just mismanagement. It's just mismanagementism. <laughs> exactly. That is, that is driving that problem. Stone Cold just said there's a difference between being broke and being poor. And that is very, very, very true for sure. You can go through a bad situation and be broke for a bit. You could be broke even for a couple few years, mm-hmm. of course. You could be broke, but then actually being in poverty, being poor, that is a mindset. That is an issue with people having being productive. Maybe they don't want... I, I'm not saying everyone that's poor is lazy. That's uh, that's not always the case. That does happen. Maybe people get addicted to drugs. Maybe they just don't ever learn any skill sets that can earn more than whatever the minimum wage is, which is never going to be able to sustain your family of four at the level that you want it to. There's obviously all sorts. Maybe you had terrible uh, health care issues that have been happening, happening to you your entire life, and you've just never been able to get out from under it. Uh, there's all sorts of reasons why this would happen. But what the government, if the government were going to try to solve the problem, you want to solve the problem. And the problem is not that the people don't have any money. The people is that the people, the problem is that the people aren't making any money. And that is not solved by raising their wages. The problem with them not making any money is that they are not producing things of value in the economy that other people need. And even in your socialist communist society, you want everyone to produce things of value that other people need, or you would bury them alive. You know, this is a little bit harsher thing. You're mm-hmm. like in poverty here and then go into communism. Maybe you bury them alive. I don't know. Firing squad, whatever it is. The gulags. Gulags are a great example. That's way better than being buried alive, man. Well, and it's it's also, it's your mindset. It's your priorities. What's important to you in life. You know, you see, um, you know, a lot of times, and this isn't everyone, but you see a lot of poor people who have all kinds of things where you're like, why would you put, why would you spend your money there? Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we think emotionally, right? We make decisions emotionally where it's like, yeah, I know I can't afford it, but I'm going to get that new car, Yeah, you know, or, or, uh, in the, in the rich dad, poor dad book, he describes it as your liabilities outweighing your assets, you know, like you, 
or things that you think are assets that are actually liabilities like vehicles and those types of things. And so you're just bleeding money um, and you're not increasing your asset column, which are things that make you money. And so then it's just this cycle and it doesn't matter how much money you get. If you, if you win the lottery and you go out and you buy fancy cars and boats and things like that, or give your money away and stuff, then you're just going to end up broke again because you have nothing generating more cash. And that's the problem that many people have It's you can't just throw money at it. It doesn't work. What's, I, I what's that? Uh, the, I believe in Matthew man does not live on bread alone. I think the issue is that the government hasn't spent enough money trying to alleviate poverty. And well, the, it's only been 60 trillion, 27 trillion, 27 trillion. That's yeah. Yeah. And See, it's not been 60. That's no, it had, we, it could have, they, if, if it weren't for the wealth hoarding, that was happening and this $4.5 trillion worth of wealth that's been hoarded, then the government could have spent 60 instead of 27. I don't even need to check the math on that. I feel in my heart that it's true. And so the, of course they spent 27 trillion. What we need to do is uh, put a large portion of this $3.5 trillion bill, which we haven't spent that much time on because honestly, the thing is so gigantic and has so much crap in it. It's, it's hard to even separate things and talk about it anymore. Well, they need to pass it so we can see what's in it. Yeah, that's. I've been waiting for them to pass it yeah. so we could officially see what was in the bill. Joe Bizzle said he worked with a guy whose car was worth twice as much as his house. Priorities. Wow. I got one even better than that. Um, so I used to live in Smyrna. And my house, um, I would drive. There was a trailer park on one of the ways to my house. And I would drive by. And I kid you not. Someone, he, now he had a trailer and he had an awning and underneath that awning was a Bugatti. <laughs> Not kidding. A 500, at least a 500, $600,000 car. If not a million, most of them are a million plus because you basically have to special order them and they're very rare. A literal Bugatti parked <laughs> in his, underneath his awning in the trailer park. I, it's uh, pretty impressive. I don't understand how that's even possible. I, I don't know. Was it like his girlfriend coming by to pick him up? No like idea. Taking the McDonald's for no, work. No, it was parked there for a while. Okay. It, never, it never was just sitting there. Huh. It's literally parked there. Stolen, maybe. I I don't know. It was there for a long time. All right. Uh, almost every time I drove by, a, a Bugatti. Um, okay, so we'll probably sleeps in it. I think you guys uh, know where we're at on the whole. Oh, hey, we uh, we helped poverty. Actually, the poverty rate went up last year. Okay, we're not going to be able it's, to continue what we've been doing. They literally yeah. say in the in the third paragraph, I think, of the article, I haven't pulled up anymore, but they say that, uh, oh, actually, the poverty rate went up, but that doesn't count for all the money that we gave away. And we're actually on track to for it to go higher yeah. now. Yeah, that's so. that's not good. Perfect. I don't, I don't like that. Uh, back on a little bit of COVID stuff, even though I feel like crap today, I was telling one of the, in the, uh, in the pre-show, and uh, you guys know where I'm at on the natural immunity thing. I just wanted to see what you thought about this. Dr. Fauci, I don't know if you heard of him, but uh, Dr. Fauci lacks a firm answer on COVID-19 natural immunity question. Now, while I'm reading this, ask yourself, have you heard Fauci lack a firm answer on anything before? All right. So Dr. Anthony Fauci. No, this guy's as firm as I've ever seen. He is the firmest man we have. Dr. Anthony Fauci said he did not have a firm answer when asked if natural immunity offered better protection from COVID-19 than the vaccine. He didn't even say no to that. They weren't even asking him if 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 a natural immunity offered protection, they were offering, they were asking him if COVID-19 natural immunity was better than the vaccine. And he said, I don't know for sure. He didn't say no. He said, I don't know. Fauci was asked on Friday by CNN's Dr. Sanjay Gupta, 
whether people who have tested positive for the virus should get a shot. He cited data from Israel in August suggesting people who recovered from COVID-19 had a lower risk of contracting the Delta variant than those who got the full Pfizer vaccine. Quote from Fauci says, I don't have a really firm answer for you on that. That's something we're going to have to discuss regarding the durability of the response. So the nation's top doctor, Mm -hmm. you ask him a simple medical question. Yeah. He says, and, uh, and, the, and the study was even cited to him, and he's like, yeah, I just don't have an answer. Yeah, my question at the end of the article. My job is to have an answer, and I don't have the answer. They got answers for everything, man. Yeah. The dude's got answers coming out of his ass. But we've had 40 million people infected in the U.S., and Biden's chief medical advisor can't give an answer. 19 months after the U.S.'s first infection, by the way. So 19 months that we've been having people infected with covid We've got firm answers for everything, but the top medical advisor can't tell you whether or not you've got better immunity. They're not even talking about having normal immunity, by the way. They can't give you a firm answer on that either. Somehow, almost two years after the first infection and 40 million people infected, we, we don't know. There's just no way of knowing that. We don't have the capacity to do those kinds of studies. It's not possible, man. Can't happen. <clears throat> so that's kind of the... The fact that he said, I can't give you a firm answer on that tells me that um, the national immunity might be a little bit better than yeah. what uh, people have been It tells you saying. literally everything you need to know. It does. It, it really does. Because if there were a chance that he would be correct about saying no on that, then he would have said it. But since he said, I can't answer the question, that's, that's a little bit of good news. Now, I'm not saying that. I don't know that as a medical professional. Don't take medical advice from a political podcast that's coming from non-medical professionals. I'll just say that. I mean, Charlie's a, a healthcare professional over here, but it's a little bit more of a numbers and computer side. I don't have right? a license. He does not have a license to practice medicine in the state of Tennessee. But uh, that's all I'll say about that. Or any other, you got any medical license in any other states? In, in, in the United, no, not in the okay. United, no. Okay. Maybe like Sri Lanka or He's something. He's a chiropractor in Peru though. Yeah, that's, uh, that's right. That's one thing we know. <laughs> and he created his own medical board and he can't officially perform surgeries, but uh, that's, that's really yeah. all we know about that. So uh, him and him and Dr. Paul are just, just, just fine together. <laughs> okay. I guess we can throw out another thing here. Unless you think that, unless you think we're good. I don't know how long that episode is so far. It's 40 minutes, it's 40 minutes. What do you guys think about 40 minutes? Keep going. Okay. Let's we'll do, do one, a little bit more. Let's do yeah, one let's more. Let's go. We'll, we'll wrap up this, uh, this with a little bit of the spending plan. Mm-hmm. Okay. What we alluded to earlier. So we got COVID spending, COVID spending. Some okay? would say, Nate, shouldn't you have put these articles right next to each other? Yeah. So they would flow uh, really nicely into each other. Oh, I like but no, I, like I wanted this. to read the Fauci article. Exactly. <laughs> and you knew I was going to start with. Yeah, exactly. All right. So from reason.com, Biden's three and a half dollar. Three, <laughs> It's only three and a half dollars. So surely they can pass that one. I'm against even that. Uh, it is not their money. Three and a half dollars. I don't like it. Three and a half trillion <laughs> dollar spending plan will leave Americans poorer in the long run. But we don't care about the long run because that's not what people's emotions are tied to. Okay. It's all in the short. Biden's plan to hike federal spending by about three and a half trillion over the next 10 years. Of course, over the next 10 years, folks, we're only talking about $350 billion. That's not that bad when you say it that way. (laughs) Paid for with a combination of huge tax increases, which it won't be paid for, by the way, and up to $1.75 trillion in new borrowing, 
will decrease future economic growth and reduce private wealth, according to new analysis from the Penn Wharton Budget Model, PWBM, a macroeconomic forecasting project based at the University of Pennsylvania. The report projects that the reconciliation package would cause GDP to fall by 4% by 2050 relative to where it would be if the proposal did not pass. So we're losing to China. Okay. <laughs> That's what that says right there. Higher levels of spending and higher amounts of government debt crowds out investment in productive private capital. Less private capital leads to lower wages as workers become less well-equipped to do their jobs effectively. Congress pressed ahead with the reconciliation package this week as the House Ways and Means Committee stuffed a long list of tax increases into the bill. They plan to hike the corporate income tax, capital gains tax rate, and personal income tax for the top income bracket. Other taxes will target tobacco products and e-cigarettes, cryptocurrencies, and more. There you go, folks. All right. In all, the report suggests that Biden's massive spending package would hurt taxpayers, investors, workers, and future generations already facing the prospect of lowered standards, living caused by America's impossibly huge pile of debt. Imagine that. That, um, that is shocking. That is shocking information right there that I never would have suspected. Oh, man, I hope they don't get this through. Now, just like everything else. What they always, and uh, you know, who was I talking to about this over the weekend? Republicans, if you're a Republican and you care about the political world a lot, everyone needs to pour money into Joe Manchin and his, whenever he runs for re-election, uh, because he is he's the he's the last finger in the dam right now, and the actually the dam is still kind of overflowing, but he's he's holding it back. Just so he's at least in there with a shovel, scooping some of the water out. That's uh, from what I can tell. So. Um, it's been pretty important so far because he just said, I think today that he would not vote for the $3.5 trillion package that he would consider a $1.5 trillion package. Okay. Now that's still a nice package. Yeah. 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 So, um, another thing that people need to realize when, so they say, Oh, we're going to do 3.5 trillion over the next 10 years. Do you guys think that that's the last bill that Congress is going to put up over the next 10 years, over the next 10 years, there's not gonna be any more spending packages. No, no, no way that that's going to happen. And they're going to pay for it through tax increases of up to $1.75 trillion over that time. You guys think they're not going to raise taxes to pay for the other things that are going to happen over the next 10 years? No, this is just one little bitty portion. Just like all of the other ones that we passed so far were 10-year plans. And then we have this one that's 10-year plan, and we have another 10-year plan. And then every single year, we got a new 10-year plan. That's you get going a 10-year plan, and you get a 10-year plan? You get a 10-year plan. So... Don't forget about that. And then here's what always happens. They propose all these crazy tax increases in them. Eventually, the rich people who have a little bit of sway get some of those tax increases carved out so they don't have to pay it. And then they still pass the bill anyway. It's not paid for. And then they just end up borrowing the money. So mm -hmm. that's what they'll still have some of the tax increases, but it won't affect some of the wealthiest people. They'll have to make sure they get those provisions put in there so they don't actually have to pay it. So they start with this and then they take out the pay for, they keep the price what it is, and then they just end up borrowing the money. That way your grandkids have a little bit worse life than they could have, which apparently everyone just feels just fine about. So I don't know, man, that this bill has been so large and has so many insane things in it that I have, we have not even attempted to talk about the things that are in the bill because it's sickening what's, what's going on. It's, it's disgusting, man. It's giving you COVID. It's gave me COVID again. I don't think I have COVID again. Yeah. It's just, 
It's other stuff. I'm just tired. In other quick news before we uh, before we take off from the show today is today is uh, the the recall election. Oh for, yeah, yeah, yeah. For Governor Gavin Newsom out in California, and so I guess we'll find out tonight if he has been recalled and if that's the case. Wait, what did you just say, Tom? Um, Norm Macdonald died. We shouldn't have read that yet. <laughs> what? Hold on. Oh, so right. sad. We're going to have to end the show. We literally quoted, you guys might not have known, we quoted Norm MacDonald in this episode. Mm. That's unfortunate. Oh, man. He was only six. Oh, that's so awful. Wow. Well, thanks for sending that over, Tom. Way to go. We hate death. Um, is, yeah. yeah. Can you guys hear sad. how much we hate death? Not good. All right. Well, I don't remember what Charlie was talking about. It had something to do with California. I hope it actually goes through. I Norm hope- McDonald did a whole bit about having a battle with cancer. That's true. Yeah. He did. There's I reckon, a- uh, uh, what was that one called? Me doing stand-up. Yeah. Is what, that one is, you know, there were a couple after it, didn't like it as much. Uh, they were, I mean, there were some really good ones in there, sprinkled around some other not so great ones, but me doing stand up is one of my all time favorite, if not my all time favorite stand up. Yeah, here's a quote. Somebody on Twitter said, uh, Norm MacDonald on battles with cancer. This is from his me doing stand up. I'm pretty sure, and I'm not a doctor, but I'm pretty sure if you die, the cancer dies at the same time. That's not a loss. That's a draw. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, good. so he lost uh, his courageous battle. And if it weren't cancer. for those damn unvaccinated people, he'd still be here right now. Probably. Uh, yeah, exactly. He couldn't get a hospital. I'm just writing right now. Uh, that someone close to someone who's close to him that knows a family member's cousin that knows him, uh, that knows his dog sitter, uh, said that he couldn't get a bed because mm. of uh, the unvaccinated patients. So um, anyway. I forgot that he, he just came out with a memoir a couple of years ago. <laughs> if you know? this were a memoir. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, he did. Oh, well, man. Now well, I'm going to have to watch Norm Macdonald videos all night. Well, that is unfortunate. story. Um, what I was saying earlier when you guys threw that sad news out, um, and of course we, you know, we joke about death, but it's still sad. You're so much more upset about Norm Macdonald than demonia, you know? Oh, yeah. I don't, I've never heard demonia's jokes. I've had to sure, compare the two. I'm sure Ray demonia was a nice guy, but he just maybe didn't have the same influence yeah. on my life. Anti-cancer vaxxer Norm Macdonald dies at the age of 61. Very against the cancer vaccine. So that is unfortunate. You can joke about this because he would joke about this. Yeah. So that's okay. Norm McDonald dies after. <laughs> after man dies after not being able to get an ICU bed yes. from 43 hospitals. So obviously this guy not being able to find an ICU bed caused Norm McDonald to die from cancer. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that uh, is sad. But no, I, as I was saying before that, before you guys just threw out the saddest news uh, of the day, is uh, the the California recall election. So if Newsom gets recalled, which I think that's going to happen. Do you think it's going to happen? I don't. I assume it's not going to because really? Kamala Harris tweeted the other day, we won't let them win. Oh, okay. So, so the, obviously there's a conspiracy. It's already it's, fixed. It's already fixed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> If it does happen, then uh, we'll have an interesting, um, you know, special election in California. Uh, we got to see Larry Elder speak at Freedom Fest, which was pretty cool. 
and uh, for the most part, pretty you know aligned pretty well with that guy. I believe um, the uh, it, the election is actually decided after after this, right? Because if you vote yes on the recall, then you mark a Republican name. Is that is that, that how it works? Is that how that I works? Don't, I'm not sure. Or is they does this a is this a primary? How does this work? I know that there's two questions. And then uh, over half the people have to answer yes for the recall. And then they're marking who should okay, replace them. Okay, who should him. replace them. Okay. And then is the election decided after that? Or is that a primary for the... Okay, this is an actual win. Okay. All right. Make sure. I didn't know if it was actually just a primary for the Republican they chose. And then Democrats got put up someone. And then we do this for another year. It's all or no. nothing if he's recalled elder wins. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, that sounds pretty true. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, if you enjoyed today's show, except for the last five minutes, I don't blame you. Uh, please continue to share the show. We are uh, we are still up fifty uh, percent compared to last month, which is huge. Well, it's actually forty four percent. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm flubbing the numbers mm. just a little bit. Okay? Well, there's an error. There's a sample error rate of plus or minus six percent. Exactly. That, so, exactly. Yeah. So please smash that subscribe button. Continue to share the show. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it allow you to do that. That helps. With the algorithms, we've only had a couple reviews in the last couple days. So, guys, I'm telling you, y'all better go out there and leave them, okay? Leave them. We have a lot more listeners than we do reviews. And so you better go out there and do it. Please. I'm just I'm begging you from my knees in the <laughs> studio right now to leave us a review for the love of Christ and Norm McDonald. Okay? Do it for him, if not for me. Go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts about Norm McDonald. Go, go do that. Today's review on Apple Podcasts is how much you love or hate Norm McDonald. And give us five stars. <laughs> because we're not Norm McDonald. Exactly. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys do all those things, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Liberty.